Hey, what's happening, guys? Grace and peace to you. I hope all is well with you. Uh, welcome back to Live the Life Podcast. Um, hope hope life's been treating you well. Hope you've been pressing in to the kingdom of God and uh, applying, you know, what we've been learning together, uh, that our lives would be transformed. Amen. That we would that we would reflect the image of Christ and walk through this life in, in power and victory, you know what I mean? As we have the, the Holy Spirit living inside of us and, and His Spirit combined with our spirit, right? We have Jesus Christ inside of us, man. We, we are victorious. So I pray we're, we're walking out a victorious life, amen? You know, but life gets hard sometimes, right? And, you know, work gets hard. You got the grind. You're just, you know what I mean? And uh, feeling like you need some rest, right? So... Today's message is called, it, it's time for some R&R, right? It's time for some R&R, amen? So what that means, uh, to me immediately when I hear of R&R, I think of rest and relaxation, right? Um, that's what we think of, it's time for some R&R, got to get away, needs, needs some R&R, right? Well, the R&R I'm talking about is uh, we need to be living the life of a, of a resilient remnant church we need to be the resilient remnant uh, and today's message is a inspired message uh, from Pastor Justin uh, this past weekend man it was it was just uh, hit it out of the park you know it just touched on uh, culture today the way uh, Christians are viewed in the world today and that we're called to be a resilient remnant and um, you know the reality that we are agents of the kingdom you know ambassadors for Christ uh, we have work to do here and uh, there's just been a shift in our culture in culture's view of Christianity um, in general amen so there's some things happening in this this world that, uh, you know, there's some research that goes on on various types of things uh, that happen in life, right? One of which is is religion. You know, people are asked if they identify as Christian, and supposedly, and you guys have heard me say this before, that 56% of the population of the United States identifies as Christians. Pardon me, just took a sip of my coffee there. Um, but in reality, you've also heard me say that, you know, we're, we're to be followers of Christ. Jesus was looking for followers, right? Not believers. You know, believers, you know, even Satan believes, the demons believe in Jesus, right? So to be a believer is one thing, but to be a follower is another. And there's a a company called Barna that does some research um, to give these statistics. And they dug a little deeper on the people that identified as Christians. They asked them, you know, do you, do you read your Bible daily? Do you, do, do you attend church once a month? Do you, do you tithe? Do you, you know, do you pray for people out in public? Do you share your faith? Do you, you know what I mean? There was like 13 elements uh, of what it looks like to actually follow Christ 
And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, I would say not surprisingly, it's it's really more like only 8%. 8% of the United States are followers of Jesus. So there's this shift that has happened where Christians have, uh, we've, we've gone from the majority uh, to the minority. You know, we've went from honor uh, to shame, and we went from tolerance to hostility. You know, meaning that when we were the majority, there was there was just a, it was, it was cool to be a Christian, right? It was okay to be a Christian. Nobody really cared. They thought it was awesome, and well, that, that time has shifted, and uh, we're now a minority. You know, when I'm viewed as a Christian, pe- people don't want to be around me, you know. Other followers do, um, and as people get to know me, they see my heart for them is, is truly love and compassion. There's no strings attached, just like with Jesus, there's no strings attached. So this culture has the wrong view of who Jesus is, therefore we're a minority, and, and uh, it just creates this uncomfortable uh, position between us and the world and um, you know that goes higher up in the workplace and you know different categories of faith when you, you decide to stand up for your faith you know you're, you're considered a minority and there's just a shift and, and uh, we should have been ready for this shift right the Bible tells us about it you know it was honorable to be a Christian right but now it's it's shameful right or maybe it's shameful to believers uh, Sunday Christian weekday devils, you know, check the box on Sunday, have no faith, have no really true meat uh, to who they are. They don't have their armor on. They don't have their sword on. They don't have all the, the tools that that the Bible gives us, everything that God has blessed us with uh, to live an abundant life in Christ um, on this earth, no matter what the culture looks like. You know, so as a follower of Jesus, I have no shame. I'm very proud of who I am, and we should all be proud of who we are in Christ. And we should never be ashamed to talk about Christ. We should never be afraid to talk about Christ in the workplace or anywhere. It's who we are. And it's not religion, it's relationship. So all you're sharing is about your relationship with the God of the universe, the creator of everything, just happens to be your best friend and your father, right, and your king. So there's nothing wrong with talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So don't be shameful. It's an honor to know the Lord. It's an honor to walk with the Lord. So we need to live that way. And then from tolerance to hostility. Again, there, there was a time and there is a time where we're tolerated. You know, um, we're tolerated, but a lot of that tolerance is turned towards hostility. Because our views on life are based on the Word of God and what He says, right? The Bible is, is the best plan for our life. The Bible is where we go for all of our answers on how to live life. The Bible answers all questions in life. So all of the things that are going on today, all of, everything in culture, this shift, this, you know, the, the Me Too movement, the, you know what I mean? Oh, the, you know, abortion, you know, all these, you know, those are just two topics. But, you know, even the way we raise our children, the way I raise my children, I refer to the Bible and the Word of God. I, you know, not because Jeff says so, this is what the Word says so, but I don't just say it, I live it as a man so I can... I can reflect that to my children because it's the best way to live this life. And uh, I love my life. And I've lived on both sides of the fence. I lived in darkness, and now I live in the light. And the light 
is living life in living color. And without God, and without God number one in your life, your life is black and white or spotty at best. And it's filled with emptiness and woulda, coulda, shoulda. I should have done that. There's shame. There's guilt in it. I don't live in that life, man. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I live in the kingdom of God. And it's, uh, it's an amazing place to be, right? And uh, so all these movements, you know, and again, I'm not saying that to, to dog them or bag on them. You know what I mean? We're to be compassionate towards what people feel, you know? Uh, but the reality is I have feelings too. Nobody really cares about my feelings, right? So, um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. All I have is the air in my lungs and this one day today, and I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share you know, with people that I meet, you know what I mean? I'm going to truly care for them where they're at and ask where they're at and pray for them if I can and lead them down a beautiful road if I can and come home and enjoy time with my family and close my eyes and hopefully get another opportunity to do it again tomorrow. So, you know, my feelings, uh, you know, this or that, you know, and I say that lightly and I say that respectfully, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, what, what do we want? What is it we want? You know, we want to be heard for what? Why? What does it matter? You know, uh, the kingdom matters. And uh, and again, you hear me say, I, I say that lightly, man. There's there's things that truly do matter, and there's been some great uh, changes and strides in humanity over the years, but um, by some good people with good hearts, and they were Christians. Okay, so uh, Christianity is very important. The church is very important. Uh, the Christian church, followers of Jesus, not the organized religious church. That's a problem, always has been. All religions. Uh, relationship with Jesus, which just happens to be labeled Christianity, because there's Christ in us, is very important uh, to culture and to maintaining balance in our culture. Uh, so, anyway, that was kind of a, a side note. Or maybe not, maybe that was highly relevant, but... Um, yeah, so from tolerance to hostility. So, you know, the passage we read was out of Psalm 69, and this was David in his prayer for help to the Lord. So everything I just told you gives you context to what David was feeling in his day and age, and it's what we're feeling in our day and age as Christians. <coughs> so it, put, it puts context to the psalm, and I'll read some parts of the psalm. And the reality that we need to be a resilient remnant. You know, throughout history, there's always been a rise and fall of the church, you know. Um, and it happened with Israel. Actually, it started with Israel. You know what I mean? God would speak to them. They would all believe and fall on their faces and love the Lord for, you know, a short period of time. Then they'd start worshiping idols and do evil things. And, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah style, which is what we live in today. The society is, is wicked and evil, man. I mean... Good is called uh, evil, and evil is called good, and darkness is right. light, and light is darkness. Uh, it's all flipped upside down in, in, in the way that people view things nowadays. Um, and it's very, very sad. But there was always a remnant, you know. So when the church fell again, there were still a portion of people that still believed, and that is the remnant church that got carried on. And then the church grew, and they worshiped God. And then they worship idols, and they fell, and then there was a remnant. And that is how the church has grown throughout history. And that's where we are today. 9-11 is a great example. You know, that was a horrific time, horrific thing that happened. 
uh, church numbers went up, you know, exponentially during that time after 9-11. Everybody was scared. Everybody was afraid. And uh, they went to church, right? And uh, for a short amount of time, you know, 9-11 eventually went on. I mean, not I say that lightly, too. There's people that lost people. They're still reeling from the effects of 9-11. You know, they lost family members, and there's holes in their life because of it. But most of us have moved on and uh, quit going to church, right? So, uh, but there was a remnant, you know what I mean? If 100,000 people went to church and now there's 10,000 still going and following, then, then there's a remnant uh, from that event in our life. So we are that resilient remnant. We are the 8% that needs to carry on the kingdom. Uh, we should expect, you know, hostility and intolerance towards us and, uh, and respond with love. You know what I mean? Always be ready to give an answer for, for what we believe, but do it with love and compassion. Um, yeah. So again, I mean, there's numerous verses in Isaiah, you know, 1 through 9, Deuteronomy, John, Daniel, um, Jeremiah, all talk about the reality that we're to expect hardship, that we're to endure it responsibly in our posture towards community, right? Being responsible for the church, our posture towards sin, right? And to live a faithful uh, life. And that's how we endure responsibly. And we're to uh, engage prayerfully, uh, to pray for each other, uh, to pray for the world. And and prayer is communication with God. So the most important, important thing is just communicating with God on a daily basis in your relationship with Him. Right? Not asking for anything, not expecting anything, just getting on your face and spending time with the Lord, communicating uh, your love for each other. And in all these things, we have the comfort of Christ um, as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, so I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read Psalm 69, a little bit of it. I put another note here on my. You know, alignment is, is painful but necessary, right, in order to heal. And uh, when you break a bone, they have to align it. It's painful, but it's necessary so that we can become stronger. It's the same thing in our walk with the Lord as followers of Christ. You know, sometimes, right now we're going through an alignment. Our country's going through an alignment. Um and if you're not and your views don't change and they are whatever, I don't know, I'd, I'd look in the mirror and be very careful because, you know, Christ is coming back and uh, you need to be ready. Your lamps need to be full. And the scariest words you can hear from Jesus are, you know what I mean? Like, get away from me. I, I don't even know who you are, right? And we'll be saying, Lord, Lord, look at look at what I did for you. I went to church on Sunday uh, and I, I cooked at the barbecue one time, you know, look what I did for you. And he'll be like, you know, get away from me, man. I don't even know you, you know. And we think we're set. We think we're going to heaven. We think we're solid, but we don't reflect Christ at all in our life. It's a, uh, a dangerous, dangerous place to be. So let me look up Psalm 69 here real quick. <clears throat> so yeah, getting hard on you guys, but... You know, that's the reality of who we are. We should expect where we are. We need to turn it up in who we are. The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus now more than ever. Our government needs Jesus, right? 
Our friends need Jesus. Our family needs Jesus. We need Jesus. He is our everything. So Psalm 69, this is David. And again, it's, it's a prayer of help. Based on everything we just heard, all this persecution, that's what David's going through. David says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out, calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail, looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me, I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You, God, you know my folly, right, in my sin. My guilt's not hidden from you. Lord, the, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me, God of Israel. May those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I am a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor. In, in your great love, O oh God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me, or the depths swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love and your great mercy. Turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare, may become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. For they persecute those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. Hardcore. A few highlights. Again, David said, to you know, he, he was not without sin. You know what I mean? Just because we're followers of the Lord doesn't mean we don't acknowledge our sin and our brokenness and our need for Jesus Christ. That's why we're followers. So David acknowledged that he was a sinner as well, and he was persecuted without cause. So uh, people in the world don't hate us so much. They hate Jesus in us. You know what I mean? So the reality is we're all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And David acknowledges that. Um, and then he also talked about how they gave him gall and vinegar. Uh, that's what they gave Jesus on the cross. So there's some similarities here and in, in a precursor to Christ coming and, and what he would take on for the world, for all of us, for all of you, when he died on the cross, right? And he says some hardcore things towards those that are, that are persecuting him. But he goes on to say uh, in 29, But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. 
This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise uh, his people. Let all the heaven and earth praise him. The seas that, that move, praise him. For God will save Zion, and he will rebuild the cities of Judah. So, it just goes, it's a very, very long psalm. Um, wow, but I read through it pretty fast, so I'll just wrap it up. So let the heaven and earth praise him, and the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion, rebuild the city of Judah. Then the people will settle there and possess it. The children of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will dwell there. Amen. Wow. So again, just a beautiful take on where David was at and the reality of, of uh, what's going on here in, in culture today and uh, our response to that as Christians, right? So again, very, very unique time and space. There's rising hostility, you know. Uh, this positions us to learn to be resilient and faithful. Understanding that the shifts of in culture, you know, we, we went from majority to minority, from honor to shame, from tolerance to hostility. But the reality is this is an opportunity for revival. In a resilient remnant, in Isaiah 1.9, it said that God left a remnant, and that's who we are. We're to expect hardship. We're to endure responsibly. We're to engage prayerfully in the comfort of Christ. So getting back to our, it's time for R&R. &R. When you live a life of the resilient remnant, rest and relaxation are an everyday uh, part of our lives. I get to rest and relax every day in the Lord. I work hard, I play hard, but my life's not about me. It's, it's always about Jesus. So in the midst of all this turmoil, there is rest and relaxation. And rest and relaxation, right now, this, given this message is rest for me. I'm actually sitting in a 7-Eleven parking lot. <laughs> and, and it's just stirred up in me that I needed to share this word. Because uh, I've been resonating on it all week. And I wanted to share it with you. Um, so even in the midst of it, you know, you just take five minutes can feel like five hours, you know. And when we do actually get some time off, uh, it's it's just incredible. It's living life in, in living color. You know what I mean? And uh, there's no one like Jesus. And uh, being a follower of Jesus is the most amazing thing you can do. And uh, so I want to encourage you all today. If you don't know him, talk to him. You know, there's a prayer that we that we say, and you could you could say this prayer. All it does is open up a line of commun communication between you and the Lord. You know, you can re repeat this prayer, dear Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name, Amen. So if that's the first time you said that prayer, what you've done is open a line of communication. Uh, you're acknowledging that you have a level of belief in who Jesus is and
that you would like him to be your Lord and Savior. The next step is you got to press in and become a follower, which means you need to be mentored and discipled. You got to get plugged into a church. You got to reach out and, and start to dig into the beautiful word of God, which is the Holy Spirit breathed onto paper so that uh, your roots will grow deep and you won't waver and you'll become resilient, uh, filled with compassion and love for the world, but resilient and standing up for who Jesus is. And, uh, and then you have eternal life in heaven, which is we're together with family forever in our prime. Those that have accepted the Lord and followed the Lord with their life are waiting for us. And uh, we get to be with them forever because of the grace of God, because of Jesus Christ. Not because of anything we've done or any steps or rules that we follow, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And his grace is the entrance to heaven. Not, not steps, not religion, not doing this and not doing that. Those, those are all good things for living a good life, a better life. They don't get you into heaven. Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and his blood poured out uh, gets you to heaven when you receive and follow him. Amen. So it's time for some R&R. &R. Amen. God bless you, resilient remnant. Have a great day.